Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. Hello everyone, it is the 27th of April. Can you believe it? The whole month has flown on by and May is knocking on the door. Yeah, not here so much. It's not April weather. We haven't had many April showers. In fact, we had yesterday an April snow shower that accumulated snow on my car. Then it turned to rain and there is still more snow on the ground. I really would like to have my garden finish with its springtime unfurling of the leaves and have the trees become filled with green leaves. It's not happening yet. My tulips stopped growing, of course, because it got cold. The leaves have not budded out. And yes, it looks like there may be a little bit of winter kill on the garden, even though we had a mild winter. I am just hoping with fingers crossed that things will continue to come up. I mean, we get snow like this all the time. So the plants that are here are hardy plants for this kind of weather. But what may have winter kill is yeah, the cedar arbor vitae that we planted in the back. Three of the four are bright yellow and not green at all. So if the three don't make it, we have plan B, which would be to buy more crab apple trees. And I've seen a few out there, but the more I look at those Arbor Vitae, the more they don't look healthy. In fact, we had a little chat with the man who was in charge of the project last spring um, when they came and cut down all of the trees on the property line and that whole garden fiasco. So he was there checking on the property and scooping up leaves and doing some things on his side of the property line and then started immediately in on critiquing the trees because they're yellow telling my he's he's very elderly bless his heart you know but he comes stomping up through my garden squashing things and then trying to tell my husband we needed to fertilize the trees and doing all the things that the nursery told us not to do uh so frustrating but at the same time i have to take a deep breath deep cleansing breath and go, I'm not going to have to deal with him this year because that project is done and he will go on to do another project. Hopefully. So as we sit here waiting for the weather to clear up and for the tree man, I call him the tree man, uh, to cut down a few dead trees on the property line. I have lots of fairy garden stuff I would love to put out. I just have to wait for sunshine and warmer weather and hopefully the plants will come up and I will know where to put the rest of the fairy garden things. It's just waiting and waiting and waiting for spring. What will happen on a year like this? 
in my experiences. We won't really have a spring. It'll be like three days where it'll warm up again. The grass will turn green and grow. And the next thing you know, in May, it'll get summer-like weather. That happens sometimes. Personally, I do like the cooler weather, but I miss the sunshine. I've been continuing to use my seasonal affective disorder lamp throughout April because we've had very little sun. And just about the time I think that it's time to pack it away, we have a week like we've had over the last week, which is gray and a little bit of snow, which is enough to make anyone feel seasonally affected by it, correct? <laughs> so what have I been doing? I actually have been enjoying this idea that it is okay to slow down. So in the quilting department, I have finished one Dear Jane block. Yep, that, that was it over the last week. One completed Dear Jane block and about halfway on another one. If you're following along and have a Dear Jane, I'm working on C4, tic-tac-toe. I feel like I'm playing Battleship. Do you remember that game? <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's all of the quilting that I have done in the sewing department. Now, I am continuing on the 100 hexes, 100 days, and I'm making at least seven a week, depending on how much fabric I have. So last week was I Spy, and I had some Tula Pink little tiny scraps, and from it, I cut out little eyes, and a kind of a creepy heart, as well as some of the bats and moon and Halloween type of um, designs that were on that. It was from the background of her De La Luna line. So I only did seven last week because that's all I had. Now this week I've already done them, done them, and I'm ahead. I did nine because I had several little charms. And this week's theme is big and small. So I did some small little background motifs. I have little tiny trees and little tiny butterflies and waves. And the animals are big, like a panda. Actually, it's two pandas, a buffalo and a moose and a bear. So these are from some North American travel charm pack that I had. I think I got it in a scrap bag. And it's really fun because it had all kinds of North American animals in scenes. So big and small, it fussy cut really quite nicely. So I have had a week of being pretty slow on the quilting front, but that's for a reason. Um, yeah, you can probably tell my sinuses are flared up, but this time after the sinus infection and now we've had change of weather and snow and then this afternoon we had thunderstorms so it melted the snow excited about exciting isn't it rain and thunderstorms but all of that triggered my middle ear problem if you want to read more about it i did write about it last week on saturday morning coffee but when I'm really dizzy, which is a type of vertigo, and then I get loud ringing in my ears. I have ringing all the time, but they're, it's really loud. And I really shouldn't be using a rotary cutter or running sewing machines. So I took a week off of doing a lot of machine cutting. I use scissors to cut 
my um, hexagons out while I'm sitting in my chair so I don't have to stand up and feel dizzy. Did a little bit of hand sewing and I think I completed three of the B hexagons that I've been working on and I appliqued them onto the navy blue and gold dot Swiss dot mini dot um, background. So that's coming along but it's uh, it's slow. It is a little bit slow and that's great because I was feeling a little stressed. You know, I don't know what it was about this month where I felt so stressed. Work has been really busy and I think it's just, you know, pandemic fatigue. So a deep breath. So what have I been working on with my sister in the Our Creative Souls segment or crafty segment? She is going great guns on her garden and she is resetting a few flower beds and getting ready for the kids pool to get set up above the ground and moving shrubs and bushes and all kinds of things and makes me jealous because we had snow so I'm not doing a whole lot of moving anything around but I got obsessed about those remember the gr granny square um, bags that I made there were 13 hexagons and they were on a x setting uh, kind of on point with half half of the granny wrapped around to the back on the two sides and on the bottom. Well, I couldn't find the handles that I wanted. And I really got upset about it because I had something in mind and I know darn well at one time I saw it locally, but nobody has bag making things right now. Not one thing. So it was grousing about it to my husband and he goes, just go on Amazon and find some. And I did. I looked on Amazon and everything was going to be like May, June, July, August before it could get here. But on the day he told me to go look on Amazon, I found some really dark blue that goes well with the pinks and purples. Little short handles, which is what I wanted, that have um, snaps on the bottom. So you wrap it around the loops on your bag or a hole in your bag if it's a purse that you've sewn. And you just snap them. And the great thing is you can put them off and on, probably not too often you wear the snap out, but you could at least wash the purse. These are for little kids. I, I mean, I wanted a nice handle that they maybe could grow into the bag a little bit. But at the same time, even if you're an adult, you want to be able to wash a yarn bag. It, they're fully lined and I'm actually very, very proud of how they turned out. I was in a Target a couple weeks ago, so my gardening <laughs> escapades was I was in this Target and in the dollar um, segment, there were little tiny kits that had seeds in little tiny pot and you could sow your seeds. And I just wanted something small. I had this urge to sow a few seeds, but I knew the spring was lagging and I didn't want to do a lot of seeds. And these were forget-me-nots. They all sprouted. I even have a few seeds left over that when we plant our wildflower seeds, I will direct sow those into the ground. And I found a little, probably 1960s pink McCoy or Hull pottery planter that I have. And so the little seedlings, I have five of them, they're almost big enough to prick out of the little terracotta pot that's 
probably it's like the size of a shot glass and um, I have some potting soil and I will put them in that cute little just a rectangle rectangular shape rectangle um, pot uh, planter and I will put them in there until they're big enough to go outside which you know the rate we're going is going to be at least three weeks maybe four before we can do any sowing of seeds or planting tender plants <laughs> so that was my plant ex experience I you know I laugh because when I watch my gardening show there's a lot of things that they always go and I sowed this from seed and I'm like oh they make it sound so easy and look at that beautiful humongous plant I really have had very poor um, results over the course of my life of trying to get a seedling to grow to full maturity. Now they'll sprout, but it's going from sprouting to putting them in the next level. Um, that's usually when I have trouble. The other thing I did was I decided since I wasn't doing a lot of sewing over the last week because my balance was off and I just was feeling a little out of it. I found some little rectangular shaped mini canvases. I think they're about two inches by four inches. And I have a chalk paint that I got a free sample of on a promotion a couple years ago. And I put a link in um, my Our Creative Souls blog post. And I'll try to put links to blog posts and things that I've talked about today in the show notes. And I painted them. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was thinking maybe doing a Cricut cutout to see if it would stick to the chalk paint. And I'll say um, I did an 8 by 10 flat canvas. It's not a, it's not like a stretch canvas that you'd see art is flat. And I thought, I just don't feel like painting. I don't feel like trying to do any experiments with the acrylic paints. You have to stand and my head would be bent over and it just sounded horrible. So I let them dry and I sat them on my workbench. And then it occurred to me, I had a bunch of stickers from With Mind and Heart that just came in the mail and they fit the mini canvases beautifully. They are Um, oh my goodness, I thought I muted the microphone. No, I did not. Oh my gosh, I thought I just spent, you know, 20 minutes talking to the air. Isn't that an awful feeling? <laughs> so anyway, they're beautiful. They fit on, and it's a beautiful color palette with Renee's um, hand lettering, and it's so beautiful. One is Breathe. One sticker is Be Kind. One is Make Today a Good Day, and the other one is hold on, let me overthink this. Now I have a mini easel easel that's made out of wood. You can get them at any craft store for like $1.99. And I thought, isn't that fun? I can put one of those on every day. I four, you know, four days a week at work. It would be a really cute little mini art installation for this. I have a really nice window ledge because yeah, I think we're going back to the office in the next month, probably in June. Um, and in the meantime, they're at home on my little shelf. And these little mini works of art are super cute. I took the 8x10 flat canvas and decided, since I didn't want to paint, I cut out a couple designs. The first one was very intricate. I weeded it out and it was a bee kind with a bee and flowers. But the transfer tape I got is too sticky. And it wrecked the 
vinyl. The vinyl gently sits on the paint, but it doesn't grab real tight. So I think as, as an experiment for the vinyl, I would probably want to paint it and then maybe use Mod Podge or something. It might grab better, but I need a different type of tape. I probably need a paper tape that's much like painter's tape, very low tack to put it on painted canvas surfaces. So I did a simpler design that said, be kind, and the bee got shredded. I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, be kind, B-E-E, -E, and no bumblebee. And it's not as intricate, so it's, it's cute, and it looks nice, but it's got more of a cutesy feel versus a um, adult fancy feel. Like, it was a farmhouse-style bee. Well, anyway, the, the one I did, I thought, I'm going to salvage this. And I got the letters on, no problem. Uh, once I just, I just removed them one at a time and lined them up. It would have been better with a low-tech transfer tape. And then I realized I had a bunch of hexagons that are not the right color for the bee hexagon quilt that I'm doing. One's like a sky blue with a sparkly bumblebee and a couple of other um, colors that are more cartoonish type bees and I I put a couple different types of layouts with a couple different hexagons on my Facebook page and ultimately I decided to put with the advice and votes of the people on my group three hexagons one in the corner and two on the sides that say be kind but there's a big gap like where a third hexagon might go because once I got digging through my stuff I had two gold colored bee charms and they're you know dimensional bumblebees so they're flat on the back for like a charm bracelet or a necklace and I hot glued all of that on there and I thought you know what I saved it it looks cute it's great it's another thing I could take to the office or I can leave it at home, um, take it in and out with the seasonal stuff. And it was a great experiment. You know, I wasn't feeling the greatest, but at the same time was feeling much better when I made this, but I wasn't up to trying any acrylic paint things. So that was my big experiment. And then I did a lot more doodling this week. I did a couple of funny doodles um one whole page that took me several um several meetings I do them in morning meetings when there's a lot of talking and I don't have to be like looking at people because I listen better when I'm doodling or doing something so I saw a post where someone did all kinds of doodle trees and I used that as inspiration and I made probably um 20, 25 little tree doodles that are all in funny little um, forms. Some are more mid-century inspired, some are modern, some are old-fashioned, some are like fairy gardens. Did a little banner at the bottom, you know, this is trees with a bow. They're kind of cute. I'm kind of proud of it, actually. So that's on um, our creative souls. I'll try to put a picture. Just doodles. They're fun. Doodling... Um, really is fun and I didn't feel like writing any words for a while there I was doing like lyrics for from songs that were meaningful and then I did another one that was just like um, feathers and um, shapes 
that you would see like in a field, a wildflower field, like a dandelion head and vines of grass blades and weeds and stuff. So I've been practicing some more doodles in those kind of contexts versus a true Zen tangle tile or that that's a specific type of you know size and and repetitive what do they call it? strokes there we go boy I'm having trouble coming up with words I'm having word problems <laughs> so um, and then I think I'm going to keep trying to practice those things and then I want to get some more batik out and I ironed some wax paper on the back for stiffness and then practice some of these shapes that I've taken from paper and put them on a light colored batik and I use an identipen and I really like just the black and white look of it you know even though the batik may be a color but it's just the black pen yeah I guess some people think it's like tattoo art but I don't it's just just doodles and I think it's fun so that's all of the things that I have crafted this week. I've spent a little more time. I made a video um, that is on YouTube. And my channel is my name, Vicki Holloway. But now what was the video about, Vicki? I don't remember. Lessons from my dear Jane Quilt. And yeah, it's just kind of funny. I'm not going to spoil the video. But it's like, it's funny how when you're working on a project sometimes, especially this kind of quilt where it's a historic quilt and you don't really know much about the person, you just know facts like when they were born, when they died, where they were on census records. And may, we even know where she's buried, but we don't know a whole lot of why she made the quilt or inspiration, except it was made during the Civil War and she kept count of how many pieces that she made um, cut out and used in that quilt. So I made some assumptions about Jane Stickle who made Dear Jane and I talked about that in the video as well as lessons I've learned about myself and about observations of things that I have learned and have translated that into my everyday life. So those are the things I have accomplished this week. Um, now, what do I want to do this next week? I am pretty obsessed with Minky Kim and she has the cutest aesthetic and she came out with some fruit shaped coasters. They're tiny little patchwork on half of an apple, pear and a lemon. And then the other half is a low volume. And then she used some felt for leaves. I bought them because they're the perfect shape because she bound them and I wanted to know the trick of binding and I love this pattern. Now I haven't started making them yet and a binding scares me a little bit but fabric coasters are fun. They're almost instant gratification projects. They're practice on precision piecing as well as you quilt this before you bind it. So doing sewing machine tiny piece tiny quilts basically is what they are so I want to make some of those and I think I'm going to make another round bag the string bag that I made a couple of weeks ago with some different fabrics because you never know what the ultimate end vision of what you think I guess what your mind I thinks is going to look like compared to what it really looks like when I pull fabrics 
for like a bag or even some quilts because it just never ceases to amaze me how you can make something in a series and change colors in different you know like the granny squares or say nine patches or any other block and you just all you do is change the value of the colors or reverse what's dominant and what's in the background and it just it's like magic it changes the look on the block so much and I think I want to make another bag because I want to make one with lighter colors and maybe something more for my um, adults on my Christmas list who might enjoy some sort of a drawstring bag and now that I know where I can buy handles because Minky Kim's pattern has leather handles that are um, screwed into this lip that is on her bag that separates the stiff bottom from the patchwork top that is closed with a drawstring. So I'm really really excited about potentially two of her projects. They're so cute and sweet and I have a few cute and sweet fabrics but I need to probably get some more. I need to rifle through um, the stash to see if I have more cute and sweet projects that you could make more like her aesthetic. Of course the only way to get her aesthetic is to buy her fabrics because honestly it's her fabrics that are just so adorable. And the other thing she did for the binding is she used a plaid but the plaid I think is set on point it's not a plaid it's like a it's almost like a checkered gingham and they're so cute on that binding and she used like red for the apple yellowish green for the lemon and the other one is a pear, which is more of a lime colored. And I thought, no, if I want four in a set, then I could make a lemon and a lime, right? So you could do all kinds of things. Or I can make two apples, a red apple and a green apple. Or I can make all apples, like four apples for one person and four lemons for the other. I don't know. Or mix them all up, two and two. Just you can have fun with it. And I'm looking for light, easy, and fun. Next, I'm going to load on the long arm, um, one of my littler quilts and just kind of go slow. Hopefully my balance will be a little bit better. So I've been kind of intrigued because something from the 90s has kind of become new to a new generation of people on the internet. And it's got me thinking because I kind of always pictured myself as an evolution of my ideas that I drew from another person who lived in the past and who died earlier. I want to say somewhere in the early 2000 teens or 2008 maybe is Tasha Tudor. Do you guys know who Tasha Tudor is? She was a lady who wrote Corgiville and she did tons of very sweet illustrations. She's an artist. She lived a very eccentric, very cool life and I really kind of always wanted to emulate her, even though I can't draw and paint cute little corgis or write children's stories. She did like collections of recipes from her family with adorable, her adorable designs that just illustrated it all. She did cards and all kinds of things. So she has a very sweet early 1900s 
feel to her artwork. And the corgis are just adorable. At one point, I thought I needed a corgi because of Tasha Tudor. But her garden was a wild cottage garden. And I saw her first in an old magazine from the 90s called Victoria. And that's talk about maximalism, right? See, that's where the clutter core maximalism in me started. I always had this thing for Victoriana. And then it got to be too much. And I tried to go minimalist and modernize a little bit. But I think there's a way in the current um, decor that you can blend both. But anyway, I digress. Tasha Tudor has popped up on TikTok and some videos and blogs where she lived a life of an independent woman. She dressed and lived her life like it was the early 19th century. And I read earlier today when I was reading up again about her that she loved 1830. Um, her house, she was married a couple of times. She has four children they still run her um, home and garden. I know you can tour there and do some different things, of course, after the pandemic. And she had her house built as a replica of an old, probably 1780s style New England farmhouse. She dressed the part. Um, when I was younger, I used to think it was like a Laura's Ingalls Wilder East Coast grandma type of lady. And she canned and she did everything by hand like hand quilting hand sewing I don't know if she machine stitched her clothes I don't even know if she had electricity in her house their kitchen sink there was a hand pump I don't know maybe she lived in you know totally like someone from the early 19th century and I, I don't know if they had electricity maybe kerosene lamps um, because everything showed her in natural daylight and there was a book that she did kind of about herself, you know, it's like a meet Tasha Tudor. And it was all about how she created this alternate universe for herself. And I've always thought that, uh, especially after my children grew up and left home, I live in a house that's over 100 years old, it's probably 100 to 120 years old. And it's very simple. And I have a few modern things in it, a whole host of depression era things in it because I have a lot of depression glass and glassware from the 20s and 30s and a china cabinet that looks really old. I have certain pieces of furniture that are older looking blended with my newer furniture in other rooms and I've always tried to create this um, hobbit um, Hobbitville, you know, what was the name of the Shire? There we go. How the Shire meets Tasha Tudor, you know, this sweet place. And I'm kind of short and, um, I've been called Hobbit a good chunk of my life and, because I love Lord of the Rings and I love the Hobbits and just making a wild and crazy, comfy, cozy, independent, alternate world within my house. Well, that only got worse right over the pandemic. And, I just was reminded of seeing um, these people who just discovered her work and her independent, fierce spirit of just, she lived alone. Uh, she had support, I know, of her children who didn't live too far from her and doing everything in um, almost a badass kind of way, right? I mean, who wears clothes from the 1830s? She had her hair up in a snood. She wore these long billowy dresses, you know, with 
a wicker basket that she carried to the grocery store to get her food. I mean, that's just pretty cool. Now, I don't think I would go that far with the clothes because that's a lot of fabric and that's a lot of work and a lot of laundry. <laughs> I like my comfy yoga pants. So this blending of the two uh, ideas with a few modern conveniences of the internet, air conditioning, and my comfies yoga pants that are so comfy. I don't want to leave them home. In fact, I I will move to the next thing here shortly. But yeah, Tasha Tudor, if you've never heard of her, you can find her books at the library and her art is just so sweet. Kind of like that 30s, early 40s, sweet sweetness and little corgis dancing. And she has like Christmas cards and Christmas collections over the years. Just gorgeous stuff. And I know you can buy some of her books and stuff are still available. But um, just reading about her, but her garden was so, so amazing. I think they even did like a PBS special once on her. But anyway, the one book that um, was called The Private World of Tasha Tudor, and I don't think it's in print anymore, but you might find it at the library. And there's another one that I read. It's called Take Joy, The Magical World of Tasha Tudor. And I know she knitted and she sewed and she did all kinds of things. And, um, I think our library might still have it. The most famous picture um, outside of the corgis is one of a little girl in winter with her two cats and she's snowshoeing. Looks like she's supposed to be dressed from the early 19th century in a bright red dress and hat with a cape around her. It's just so sweet. So yeah, check out Ch Tasha Tudor. So I'm going to close with the reality check. I knew that um, I needed to, I, I haven't bought a lot of clothes for the office because I keep thinking I'm going to lose weight. Well, I haven't. I've stayed exactly the same where I have been for the last decade, even though I'm trying really hard to lose weight. But I thought I want some more comfy pants for work. So I ordered some knit pants that zip up and they're full length. I had a problem last year of only finding three quarter length pants. And in Northern Michigan, your ankles get darn cold. And, you know, if I had tall boots, I could wear my um, comfy pants, but I don't have tall boots in the winter. <laughs> I don't have tall ones. I just have my Birkenstocks. Now, if Burks came in tall boots that looked decent with comfy pants. Hmm. Now there's a trend, isn't it? Now when it gets warmer, you can go with Burks without socks, but I mean, there's just that whole part of your ankles freezing. So I found some full length and I also found a baby doll style top. It's not long enough to be a mini dress, but it's, you know, a nice long length that I can probably wear with my comfy pants to work. And as long as you have a really long top and you have it all covered, and I think it would be office appropriate. So I'm hoping that I can find a couple more longer shirts to wear with my comfy pants. I have tried to put on regular pants 
and they still fit. They're just, they feel so constricting and confining. So yeah, I'm anyway, I'm working on my abs and my core right now, just trying to tighten them up because, <laughs> you know, the pants will fit better. And if I lost 10 pounds, they would fit even better. Um, which I might be able to do if I really put my mind to it by the time we have to go back to the work and wear our pants with a zipper. <sighs> Just fashion. It's so ridiculous. I've also gotten very used to minimalist makeup again. And I think I'm going to go back to that and wearing my hair a little bit longer. And some days I can make it straight and some days I can let it curl. So that's I'm down to a five to 10 minute um, hair and makeup. I've been practicing the last couple of weeks, trying to get used to wearing makeup again. Um, yeah, preparing myself for the inevitable that I will have to leave my alternate universe of comfy um, home with my Tasha Tudor and uh, Shire inspired home and garden. Yeah, it doesn't even look like that. It's just the feeling I get. It's a feeling that I get when I work on these kinds of things. And just know that, you know what, summer's coming. We had thunderstorms this afternoon with the snow that didn't want to melt this morning when I started this podcast. And I see green grass sprouting up and things are starting to grow a little bit. It's amazing how one warm day and a soaking rain can make all of the plants just really start to grow. And I'm really, really hoping I can transplant these forget-me-nots into that cute little pink planter. Probably by the weekend, they should be big enough and strong enough to withstand uh, transplanting. And maybe they'll go out in the garden when we can plant the wildflower seeds. I just want that cottagey full look. And I think I think that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to is having that because I was so devastated with the changes in the property line and the trees being gone. And I had a nice wild natural border that was a natural screen between the neighbors, which is a parking lot in my property. But I think, I think we can recreate some of it on a smaller scale. So you have a great day. I hope that it's warm where you're at and the flowers are blooming. I'm still waiting for my spring bulbs. And I am working on focusing on be kind with my cute little bumblebee themed projects that I've worked on this week, as well as my affirmation sticker um, projects. They look beautiful on those mini canvases. And that is one good thing I'm going to take to the office. And I've already planned which houseplants are going back to the office and just all of the things. So I'm feeling stronger this week. So I've exercised and I'm working on getting things all ready for a nice relaxing evening. So I've got to do things like, you know, supper and make sure I have towels for tomorrow. I'm ahead on clothes for the week being washed. No crisis management because that's up and downstairs. And I didn't want to do that last week. So I feel like I'm really, really in a great spot to just be able to work on my hand stitching tonight. 
Now, I forgot one thing that I am working on that I stalled out besides Dear Jane. Can you believe I stalled out on something else? And that is a t-shirt quote that someone dropped off. I went to high school with her and she actually works for the same company I do in a different county. But she had a collection of concert t-shirts. And so I am over halfway having them pieced. I had them all fused and cut. And now I am putting them together like a jigsaw puzzle, which is my favorite part. And then I will get that long armed. And I'm hoping that I can get that back to her before I hit the one year anniversary of when she dropped them off. I told her it was going to take several months and she is in absolute no hurry. These are the kind of people I love to do quilts for because I, some weeks, like last week, can't hurry. So don't hurry. Live your life like Tasha Tudor. She took joy in all of the simple things of her garden to her knitting to her corgis and drawing pictures and making art with it. So in your own way, whether that's quilting, doodling, or maybe even trying to sprout some forget-me-not seedlings, you have a most wonderful week. Be creative and quilt on, everyone. Remember, you can find the show notes on My Creative Corner 3. You can also buy me a cup of coffee, a virtual cup of coffee on my Etsy shop or through Ko-fi, all of which you can find the links on MyCreativeCorner3.com. Thanks and have a great week, everyone. (laughs) 